everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. What is what up, up? What up? How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> pretty good. How you feeling? Um, pretty sore, but managing as far as as I can go um, without like the uber strong pain meds so yeah very good so you're not gonna be like doing bench presses for us tonight huh oh absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it (laughs) you would probably do way more than me I saw that you played like college basketball is that right yep sure did back in college yep division one small division one school in South Carolina that is really impressive I'm very impressed um, I'm going to need you to come down to Arkansas, teach me how to play, show me some hoops, <laughs> some moves. It's been, it's been a little while since I picked up a ball, but I'm pretty sure it's like right in the bag. You just don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say the same, but I've grown like a foot since I last played. So I'd probably trip over myself. Mm, it would not be, it I mean, would not be pretty. I've, I mean, I've changed genders since the last time I've changed. <laughs> so I think I, I'd be right there in the same boat as you. <laughs> um, you might trip over your own feet too. I'm not going <laughs> to you, instead of like brushing your hair out of the way, you'll be like, what? wait, I don't there have hair anymore. There. Nothing there. <laughs> no ponytail. What the? I yeah. recently cut off. It looks really shabby right now, but I recently cut all my hair off and I still find myself like trying to get my hair out of my shirt and it's not there. It's like, well, I recently shaved mine off. And so I go from like, at first, I mean, I was still using barely any shampoo, but now it's like nothing <laughs> because there's nothing up there. I'm surprised you even use shampoo. It'd be like soap. Just I a little mean, scrub. Yeah, pretty up. much. It's like it's, yeah, pretty much a scalp scrub <laughs> at this point. I love it. That is awesome. All right, guys. So let's get you introduced. My name is Townsend. This is Aiden. Uh, actually, so I ran across your name through a company called Only Human, which I'm a huge fan of. They actually kind of had the same uh, goals, I guess, as I do. And so we hit it off immediately. I got close to Brie Pear, who's the owner of that. Uh, she actually did a live stream with me a month or so ago. It was amazing. But anyway, so their view and of life is just that uh, to spread hope and love for everybody. And my view and my platform I want to use to let people feel less alone. So no matter what you're going through for everybody to feel like you're not alone. And so I met Aiden through that. I've been following him for a long time and just like so blown away at one, his transparency. Like, I think that's so cool that you have the guts to get on, share your journey and like the haters, you just get on there and tell them what's up. And I love (laughs) that. I think I, I just can't imagine being so transparent to you've got like several million followers on TikTok. So I can't imagine the terrible things you hear, but we are here to let you know that you're loved. I'm so excited that you're taking time to chat with me because this is an area I actually reached out to several people from the Only Human uh, to talk about transgender in that community because it's something um, I am not transgender myself and I want to educate myself and learn more about it because I do want to show love and um, just be accepting as best that I can. And so that's why I wanted to have you on here today. That was a really long introduction, but thank you so much (laughs) for joining me. All right. I have to know, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay. (laughs) Not too young. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm totally kidding. Um, I'm not kidding, but I'm totally kidding. So let's get started off. Uh, We'll go deep. So this is an area that people literally know nothing about. So we're going to start off kind of simple. What is transgender? Like, how would you define that for people? 
So to me, uh, transgender is someone who does not feel that they belong in the body and uh, or belong with the sex that they were assigned at birth. Um, they just kind of feel not themselves practically their whole life. Um, and me personally kind of felt that way as long as I can remember, but have always known, just never had the correct terminology. Um, so it's just somebody who's just not comfortable in their own body. Um, it's not their body. They're not, their outside does not match their inside and they do not identify with the assigned sex at birth. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fantastic. All right. So I want to talk about if it's okay with you, uh, your coming out story. So some people talk about how uh, the transgender community is actually having to come out twice, which I cannot imagine the first one being so terrifying. So basically for people that don't, uh, haven't heard that. So they say you have to come out first, um, some and say, I'm gay. And then you have to come out or whatever, by whatever you want to be. And then you come out again saying, I'm also transgender. So it's like mm -hmm. two huge events and coming out stories. So tell us a little bit about yours. Did it fall in like that? Did it happen at once? Like, So no, I, I came out as um, a lesbian probably my senior year of high school, practically right before I went off to college, um, which was also very terrifying and um, <clears throat> kind of took my parents a little while to come around to the idea. But I mean, it, I think it kind of helped that like I did leave. It gave them some space to think about it. and. Um, came around eventually and were super supportive. And then yes, when I was 24, um, and I, the crazy thing is I actually didn't know about the transgender community until I was 23 years old. Um, I'd always felt, like I said, I've always felt this way and that I didn't belong in the right body and there was something different about me, but I didn't have the correct terminology or I thought I was just like a super masculine lesbian. Like, I just like, oh, this is how we all feel. Like this is how we're supposed to feel. And it wasn't the case until I met, actually met somebody who was transgender when I was 23 years old and talk to him and pretty much I mean just one conversation he was like <laughs> and yeah. so practically from there um I came out to my sister first because she's always been like super supportive and then kind of from there tried to figure out just talk to her about the whole process and um like possible name options and what was going to happen what I was going to have to go through and then kind of talk to her about how she thought that the best way to come out to my parents would be um, unfortunately at the time I was living in Tennessee and my parents were in Florida. So I, I couldn't really have that sit down conversation with them face to face or anything like that. Um, and so we decided the best way to do it would be to write kind of just a long detailed email, just explaining how I've always felt, um, why I'm doing this kind of the, the process itself, what it means to be transgender, um, and kind of just trying to answer any questions that I would think they would possibly have without them answer asking questions. Um, and so I wrote it, I wrote the email and then she proofread it and she was like, well, I would word this differently or I would add this information or I would say this question differently. Um, and then sent the email with the subject that was just like, please read this together to my parents. Um, and then I think it, I sent it oh, at like 8 PM. And... Yeah. Oh, heart dropped into my stomach, like completely. Um, I think I sent it like 8 PM and then I got a text message from my mom at like 10 PM and it was just like, we love you no matter what. Um, and so it took them a while to understand, but I don't think it wasn't so much that they weren't supportive. I just don't think they understood. Sure. Um, and I think the more information I got and the more um, I transitioned and seemed happier and seemed more myself and everything, I think they came around like, okay, like this is what I really needed. Um, and then I think it was when I think when I was getting my second top surgery procedure, 
uh, we were in the car and my mom looked at me and she was like, you know, you, you make a really handsome man. Like maybe you were meant to be a guy. And then I think I was just like, <laughs> I think I'd be like, Oh God. Thank you. That yeah. is awesome. I love it, man. I, having supportive parents or just a supportive tribe behind you, even if like, you know, only human talks about choosing your family, just having that tribe that supports you. Oh man, that means so much. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. All right. So another thing that you and I had actually discussed before, and you made the good point of we need to discuss it before I asked a question about it. What is a dead name? So you talked about just a minute ago, you and your sister trying to pick a new name for you. Kind of explain how that works. So um, most, not all, because some trans individuals do keep their dead name. Um, but a dead name is the name that you were given at birth. More often than not, uh, trans individuals do not like to talk about their dead name. It is very disrespectful to ask somebody their dead name or their old name or their, their given name um, because unfortunately, a lot of the time, that name is used as a derogatory term for that person. Um, so it, it can also be dangerous for someone to give out their dead name. Um, and so unfortunately, like, I don't necessarily think a lot of, there are trans people who do hate it just because it has caused so much issues. It reminds them of the past and they've worked so hard to get rid of that name. But I think part of the trans community doesn't hate that name. It's just the simple fact that people out there who don't agree with their transition or don't agree with the trans community will use their dead name and like throw it in their face and rub it in their face and like out them to everybody. And, 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 and that form can be dangerous. Um, and so all in all, a dead name is the name that you were given at birth. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, we'll go back to that question in just a minute, but you posted a video the other day talking about how you met this female, y'all went out or chatted or whatever, and then she said um, something about how you weren't, uh, what was it, what'd you say? She said that I was the most unauthentic person because I was just a girl pretending to be a boy. That's what it was. But then you went on to talk about so one, I was like, show me who she is. <laughs> <laughs> and then you talked about how, which I found it kind of made me at a loss for words. It just kind of took my breath away. You were talking about how it could be life altering, like dangerous to come out on a first date or a first meeting of someone and tell them this story, which yeah, I know I have, but it totally could. I have actually had trans friends who have been physically attacked um, for coming out as transgender in public. Man, that is awful. And again, while we're having this live stream, wow, that, yeah, I, I watched the rest of that and just found myself being like, oh my gosh, that's wild that you even have to think about that. Yep, it's very sad. So sad. All right, let's go back to the dead name. So do people in your life, do any of them refuse to acknowledge your transition, transition or do they still refer to you as your dead name? Like, Nobody personally that I'm actually like close with or friends with or family wise. Um, it did take my parents a good while to get used to using Aiden and he, him. Um, but I, I, and it wasn't because they weren't trying, they were trying. But I think one of the hardest parts was because I wasn't around. Um, I was living in a different state. So they didn't see the transition happening. They didn't, weren't used to using the name. They didn't really get used to using it around and whatnot. Um, so it took them a while. Um, there was only one person that, and it was a client at my work. Um, I used to work for a vet clinic and loved her dog and the client loved me. Um, and so the client walked up to the front desk and we usually had the name of like people who worked there on the board so that when people brought their dogs off, 
they would know who was working. And I guess she didn't see my dead name. And so she was like, oh, like, does so-and-so work here anymore? And then my front desk person was like, well, technically, but they go by Aiden now. And the lady was like, well, I'm used to calling them so-and-so. So I'm going to keep calling them so-and-so. And the front desk person was like, no, they go by Aiden now. And that's what you need to refer them as. And she was like, well, I'm moving to Texas soon anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I'm just going to refer to them as da 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 Yeah. Luckily, it was the last time I ever saw her. And like, she never came. Like, they, they did move to Texas and whatnot. But that was like, it's close, at least to my knowledge, the only person that's ever been like, absolutely not. I'm not going to call them that. But <laughs> Wow. It started out a really big compliment. And then it turned out like, what the? Yeah. Yep. They liked you enough to look for your name. And then, and then but not enough to respect what I want to be called. Is that like it's any of their business? That's kind of my thing. Like, what does it matter? Right. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, so you talked about this earlier about how even your parents noticed how much happier you were. How do you feel like this has changed your mental health or how's your mental health been impacted by like uh, gender expression, transition, people's reactions? Like, how's all that going mental wise? Um, so I think the biggest thing is just, I mean, self-love. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that I hated myself pre-transition. I mean, like I was in good shape. I was a college basketball player. Like I did great in college and everything, but like, I just never felt like I belonged in the body I was in. Like there were multiple times where I would like get undressed to go get in the shower and I would just look in the mirror and would just like cry. And, and it's not like I, and I think a big misconception is that a lot of people think that trans people think they're ugly as a girl so they're, they're going to transition into a boy to be more attractive and I'm just like that no <laughs> I wasn't ugly I didn't think I was ugly I didn't think I have a bad body I didn't think anything like it just wasn't me um and so I think the number one thing is like self-confidence and self-love like I finally like what I see when I look in the mirror and um when I'm out in public I think the first time I was at like a um a restaurant with my family. I went to go visit my my sister in Alabama. We were all sitting at the dinner table and the uh, waitress came over and she was like, oh, can I get you a drink? And she was like, sir. And I was not used to it and it didn't like click. And I was like, oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> and I just got like this huge smile on my face. And I was like, yes, I am sir. That is me. <laughs> I am king sir. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was just the gender euphoria of like a stranger. So like, it was it was nice when people who knew me knew that I was transitioning and like, oh, like we need to call him sir now, like, or he, him use those pronouns and everything because like they were trying and that's what they were told. But when a complete stranger who has no idea who you are comes along and calls you sir, it's just like a whole different level of like, yeah, that's me. You're like, check. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Um, what about like other people's reactions? Like I know I cannot imagine, and you've posted about a lot of them but like those haters that get on and are just like terrible, terrible. Do you, it's kind of hard to explain because you can't not read it. It can't not affect you, but how do you handle that healthily? Mentally, yeah. Right. How, what do you do with all that? Uh, so I'm not going to lie at first when I would get a lot of it, it got to me real bad, <laughs> like all the time, especially when they would talk about my chest and, um, but I mean, unfortunately, I mean, a lot of it was like, I would just lean on friends and family. Luckily I had good support systems. So I'm like, Hey, check out what this person said. And they were just like, Hey, like they're lonely. They're miserable. Like, don't worry about it. Like you have a hundred supporters to your one, like negative person. Um, 
And unfortunately now to the point where it's like, I'm used to it. It's kind of like when somebody like sits there and calls me a woman, I kind of be like, is that all you got? Because you got to do better than that. If you're going to beat all these other people yeah. that are hating on me. Like it's, it's the point. And then some of the stuff that people say, like, it's very hateful, but it's almost like entertaining. Like you, you're, you look really dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just look dumb. Yeah. Um, but I think that the biggest thing is just knowing that the only reason they're hating is because it, a, it's something uncommon to them and they don't understand. And so they don't, they're, fight or flight reaction is to hate on it and put it down um or just misery loves company and they just have a terrible life and they're wanting somebody else to have a terrible life too and they see somebody thriving and enjoying their life as the person they were meant to be and they are not okay with that so i'm just like well if that's what you want to hate on then i must be doing some right in life that's that it should be a compliment i guess really in the sort end of, yeah Man, I hate that so it just it tears me up to think about that and that's what you know one one reason I kind of hesitated on starting um, even social media so I started playing music by myself just a couple of years ago it took me a long time to start social media because of that I was like the more I put myself out the more haters can contact and message and then one day I just had like an aha moment of who cares right i mean and it is blown up it's been amazing i've met people like you i've started my you're not alone project it's been the positivity outweighs the negativity and it's yep. like you said it's almost like a compliment either way it goes when i uh first started my transition um i think my mom came up to visit for my first top surgery and we were talking about social media and this that and the other and <clears throat> at this point i had already had a full beard my deep my voice was deep and everything and most people couldn't clock me on the road for being transgender. And so she even told me, she was like, why don't you just delete all of your social media, start over as just Aiden? She was like, don't talk about your transition, just be Aiden. And she was like, I hate all of the hate that you get. It scares me because of like how many like trans individuals get murdered a year. And she was like, you putting yourself out there just puts like a huge target on your back, which understanding like my mom's just trying to protect me and wants me safe. So it's completely understandable. But I told her and I was like, but if every trans person thought that way and did that and there's nothing wrong with being stealth but trans visibility is so important for education and information and you're not alone and somebody out there feels the same way you do i mean without social media i mean i probably wouldn't have known so much about the trans community and had so many people to go to and talk to um and so i personally wanted to be that for somebody who may be questioning their gender or wanting to transition or a mom whose son is transitioning and kind of wants to see like the process or what's going to happen and see that you can thrive and be happy and be um, successful in life at being transgender. Um, and so, yes, social media is bittersweet because of all the hate and everything like that. But I, did, I definitely think it's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of my thing. I mean, with four, I think, like I said, I think it was like 4 million on TikTok. You've got hundreds of thousands on Instagram. And that was my thought was, one, how brave, and two, how terrifying, because that's just like more people that are exposed. But I mean, you use your platform for such a good cause. Like I wouldn't have known. Like I reached out to the only human people that were on there and open, and they were so friendly about answering questions I had. And like, just, and so that's how I got to know about it, really, you know. And you're from the South, I'm from Arkansas. And so it's just something you don't see that often. Right. Southern, you know, we're in the Southern mm -hmm. Bible. Yep. <laughs> Which you said, you said you've been around Little Rock for, before. So you know mm -hmm. how it goes. Yep, sure you do. Know. 
Absolutely. All right. So do you feel like the transgender community is represented accurately in the media? So they always put it on. I know like pride, they come up and they pick the most rainbow, like this person in a speedo that's all rainbowed out and painted and it's just unreal, right? Do you feel like they do that with transgender or do you feel like it's translated pretty well? So there's actually a documentary that touches a lot on this topic. And I think it's a really good documentary for a lot of people who want to learn about the trans community and especially the history of the trans community. It's called Disclosure. And it actually talks about how, and, and even coming from somebody who's trans, how the trans community has actually been put in cinema for a very, very long time. Um, unfortunately, all of the aspects of the trans community in media have been negative. Um, they're serial killers or they're um, the only reaction to trans women is throwing up or violence or, um, and then even recently in the L word, the only um, showing of uh, trans men was Max. And when he started testosterone, he became this raging, a-hole that you didn't want to be a fan of and it was just the complete opposite of what like trans men need to be to be portrayed as and it's unfortunate because that was actually an lgbtq show um so in actual media like movies and stuff like that um recently i don't i don't i mean a show posed is also a really really good show to watch one of my favorites and it has um it's geared towards uh trans women of color but it's an amazing show, uh, very educational, learn a lot. Um, but when it comes to just recently, unfortunately, one of the main social media trans people was Caitlyn Jenner. And no, <laughs> just a whole big no around that. Um, and so, uh, but I mean, love to see like Liver and Cox. She is absolutely amazing. Um, and, and I think it just depends. Unfortunately, I mean, personally, I, the only thing that you see a lot about in, about the trans community is the news is when we get murdered. Um, you don't really see too much good stuff about it um, or too much positive. Um, that more so is just what you're gonna see from social media influencers. Um, luckily, we are seeing it positively portrayed more and more um, in media, but um, I think there was one crazy part of the the um documentary disclosure where um there was an actress who was a trans woman and got this i mean like leading role and i think i want to say the movie was like sex in the city or something like that um and she had this like viewing party she got all her friends together and they were so excited to like watch it for the first time and her line was coming up she entered the scene her line was coming up everybody got in the room got quiet and they lowered her voice an octave without asking her just so that the whole like everybody would know that she was transgender and then they would raise it back up to continue the rest of the show but didn't run it by her she didn't have any idea and everybody it just got quiet and it was just like so awkward because like yeah it was and so it's, it's a really good documentary to watch like i said it's, it's very informative very educational but it also kind of makes you sit back and be like wow that's like really shitty or like i can't believe like they said that in this movie or that this happened in the movie and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Wow, that is insane. I'm gonna have to watch that. I've never heard of it. Disclosure. Is that mm -hmm. on like Netflix or? Yep, it's on Netflix. Okay, I'm gonna have to put that on my to-do list for sure. Man, that's wild. 
Like if I were the, if I were her, I'd be so ticked, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like, she was like, everyone was like cheering and everything was going on, and then the, her first like line came, and then like they lopped and they dropped it an octave, and then she's like, it just got quiet, and everybody in the room was just like, I cannot imagine. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is wild. Um, so when I posted about your event, I also posted that people could ask questions. I got a ton of them. Some of them were not rated G, so we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I know I texted you about that. And I was like, so we're just going to pass on that. Okay, cool. Um, their questions are appreciated. However, Google is a great thing. You can also message Aiden directly if you'd like to know certain things, um, but we won't address them on here. So one thing that got brought up really commonly, which I have to agree with, how should we address pronouns correctly? So is it rude to ask someone what their pronouns are? That feels really judgmental to me so I don't know about that correctly one of my favorite ways um to kind of just kind of see where somebody's at with pronouns I would never I mean I wouldn't say never but I probably wouldn't recommend just coming out and saying what are your pronouns because then in some aspects some people might think it as like well if you don't think they're just like whatever then like you're on it are you like like you think they're like I'm trans or something like that or some people could take it offensive um my favorite way and i feel like is it's a very safe way and a very good way of saying like if i were to introduce myself to you i'll say hi my name's aiden i go by he him so then by me putting my pronouns out there in return most often it was like okay well he put his pronouns out there like that will make me feel more comfortable putting my own pronouns out there and then more often not they'll say i'm so and so and my pronouns are a b c and d um so i think um that would be a good way to do it um and then it kind of just depending this if it's a complete stranger i would definitely that would be the way i would do it but if it's somebody that you may know personally or have met and you have hung out with for a while and you just never really caught them um i think it was a, a party one time and like i was telling a story or i was doing something um and i used a pronoun and then i and i was like oh wait and i was like what pronouns are you comfortable with and then they said them and i was like okay i just wanted to make sure that i was respectful and then continue the story like i didn't make a big deal out of it like i didn't want to like single in anybody out or anything um but i think right off the bat complete strangers a good way is to put yourself out there give your pronouns so that they feel more comfortable like okay they've made it a safe space for pronouns to be said it's not as weird for me to say it so that i can go ahead and say my pronouns as well yeah and i think that's great that's a good way to do it i've run into that situation a couple of times and i thought oh i need to ask him that too because mm-hmm. you don't want to be rude you don't want to assume or like you said make them feel super judged or anything like that when you're trying to be respectful so the best way to go about it right mm-hmm. cool very good i think that's a great one um so in preparing for this live stream i actually know somebody pretty well who had um, a daughter who transitioned into male, they moved off for college. So I reached out to her and asked as a parent, kind of going through that process, what are some questions you have? What do, would you like other parents to know? All of those things. Um, and it was really cool to chit chat with her. One, I want to say I'm proud of us because a lot of the questions we addressed already were things that she would have addressed. But one thing she also talked about would be what would be some advice you'd give to parents of children who are transgender? Um, so I think the biggest thing is um, just be supportive. Listen to your children. Um, what do they prefer being called? What do they feel comfortable being called? Um, if they want to wear a certain type of clothing, let them wear that certain type of clothing. Um, and then being an advocate for them when they're not 
around or when they're not able to be an advocate for, to ad advocate for themselves. Um, so speak for them when they may not be able to speak. Um, I think it's just, especially with minors, I think um, a huge thing is protect trans kids. And I think a lot of that has to do with the parents of those trans children. Um, and then uh, it just, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is listen, see what they need. I mean, if possibly talking to a therapist is a good idea to see kind of what the next best steps would be or how to best support them. Um, call them the correct name, call them the correct pronouns. And then, like I said, just standing up for them when they're not around. And if you hear somebody talking bad about the trans community or about trans children, don't kind of just not say anything or kind of go along with it, not to stand out, like stand up for your kids and kind of advocate for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a good one. I've read a lot lately, especially from people like Glenn and Doyle that are huge, like LGBTQ advocates and things talking about how silence is actually giving in. It's saying that you agree with it. And so how important it is to talk out and to speak your mind. So if you're in a room, people are talking about transgender negatively, you know, most people would think, well, just don't get involved. But they're, they're finding now that you should go out and you should say something, right? Right. Stand up for what you believe in rather than staying quiet. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what advice would you give to people wanting to transition? Um, my biggest advice is if, if you know it's what you need and it's gonna be for your happiness, do it. Don't ask somebody else's permission. Don't ask for anybody else's opinion. Um, the transition journey is going to be one of the most selfish journeys that you will take but in the best way possible um it is 100 about you it's exactly what you need in your life and you're doing it for you and not for anybody else um and i think people who are around individuals who are transitioning um need to and i think that that's a big thing that a lot of people aren't okay with is you have to realize that someone's transition it's not about you it's about them and they're making it about their happiness and what they need in life um, and then transitioning is literally a lifesaver for a lot of people. Um, and then when you start your transition, probably one of the biggest <clears throat> kind of like things of advice that I can give is do not compare your transition to anybody else's transition. Um, I unfortunately did that and it was, it made it not terrible, but it was like, well, this person had facial hair by this month and I'm on this month and I don't have facial hair. This person's voice was this deep by this month and mine's not this deep. And if you're constantly comparing your chapter one to chapter, somebody else's chapter 10, or even your chapter one to somebody else's chapter one, everybody's book is written completely differently. And if you're going to sit there and compare transitions and where everybody's changes happen differently, um, if they even happen at all. Um, and so it's just sit back and enjoy the ride because it's an amazing journey. It's very tough, but it's very much worth it. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't imagine how tough it is mentally, physically, emotionally, all the things. I feel like it tests all those areas. Um, yes, very much. All right. So also for people that don't know, when you start, when you decide, okay, I have the funds or whatever, I'm going to make this transition. This is what I want to do. I'm able to do it. This is something you have to do every day for the rest of your life, right? The tea shot. No. So it's only once a week. Okay. Once a week. Well, depending. So there's actually different kinds of testosterone. Okay. Um, there is an, a gel that you can put on. And I'm pretty sure the gel is every day. You have to rub it on your arm. You have to leave it on there for like 30 minutes. You can't touch anything. Um, <clears throat> and then I think you have to like switch arms every day for that. 
Um, I do the injections, and there are two types of injections. There's an IM injection, which is intramuscular, which means you have to go all the way into the muscle. And there's a sub-Q injection, which is just kind of just like in a layer of fat. Um, I do the IM injections once a week, so I'm on half an ml every Tuesday. Uh, I do an injection. Very good. So how long, how long did it take you to start? Because I've watched your video, and it was like one month on testosterone, three months on, and it is unreal like it blows my mind that the body can do that it's a miraculous thing to me um it it blows me away i am super intrigued by that so for you how long did it take you so you start these shots you're super excited how long did it take to actually for you to notice these changes or was it making those videos that kind of help you notice i was about to say the video definitely helped um because anytime i felt like not many changes have happened or not much has changed since the last video whatever I'll go back and I'll make a video or I'll watch the last video. I'm like, okay, like this has changed. This has changed. This has changed. But personally, like without talking about the videos, I probably wouldn't say like huge, I didn't notice like huge changes probably until about four or five months on testosterone. Um, it's kind of like when a, a big uh, voice drop happened, um, a good bit of like facial hair had already started coming in. Um, like my, uh, fat redistribution had already started happening um facial like restructure had already started happening um so i'd probably say between like big changes where i like if i wouldn't have made the videos would have noticed probably around like four to six seven months is when i was like whoa like okay i can feel the like the deep boys i can feel like the facial hair and everything coming in so i'd probably say around there that just blows my mind right? That a shot can do that. That's wild. Technology has come so far. Medicine has come so far. Really cool. Um, so I know they make speech therapy for transgender to try to teach them um, like more feminine ways or more masculine ways. How to do your voice healthily without straining it too much? Did you ever go through anything like that? So I did not. Um, I thought about it because, um, but then I kind of figured a deep voice really wasn't in my nature because my dad's voice isn't very deep my brother's voice isn't very deep like me and my brother almost sound identical like if we ever talk on the phone or if we like play call of duty with the headsets anytime i hear him talk i i, I feel like i'm like talking to myself um and so i kind of knew so and um i also could be wrong about this but i think um testosterone does a lot more for trans men when it comes to dropping of the voice i don't think estrogen does as much for trans women. Um, so I think they have to work a little bit harder on their voice. Uh, so I think that's more something geared for them to like the teaching of the higher voice and anything like that. Um, and I think for trans men, testosterone like, does a good bit of it. So um, I don't know as many trans men that do like the vocalization classes as I do trans women. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very good. Um, do you fit, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're talking about your friends uh, that watched you go through this transition. Do you feel like testosterone shots, do you feel like it changed you uh, personality wise, emotion wise? Like, did you feel differently as you did before? Um, when I first started testosterone, I think it wasn't just the testosterone. I think it was just my body getting used to the hormones in my system. And so I was very much on just very amped up and like on edge all of the time like I was, and and so I think that was just my body like whoa like what is this and trying to figure out what to do with it and whatnot and so at first it was it was very much like on just like very amped up and just very like high tense all the time I wouldn't say like mad or anything because I didn't get mad easier I was just like very just like high strong um and then once the testosterone kind of like leveled out then um 
that with that. Uh, emotionally wise, um, I don't think I've cried since I started testosterone. Um, and so, and like, I've tried. Like there are days where I'm just like, oh, I could really use a good cry right now. I've tried and I just physically cannot cry. Trying to squeeze it out. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is crap. <laughs> like, it really makes me mad. Um, and I think um, a lot of things like pre-T when I would get stressed out or overwhelmed, something like that, I would have like a breakdown or I'd cry or anything like that. Um, but now it's more of like, if I, if I have a lot going on, it doesn't bother me as much or stuff that used to frustrate me doesn't frustrate me, kind of like rolls off my shoulder a little bit more now. Um, and then, um, mentality wise, I think, yeah, I've changed personality wise, but only for the better because I'm more confident in myself and I like who I see in the mirror and I'm more confident around other people and everything like that. Um, and so I think that is a big change, but like for the better. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's transition into the questions people sent in for me. So I said this earlier, there were a ton of not rated G questions. We're going to skip over those, um, although appreciated. Uh, we're not going to talk about those, but let's stay on your mental health. So I know body dysphoria, dysphoria is a real thing. I actually did a live stream with somebody that struggled with that and continues to. It's kind of an everyday battle. Um, do you feel like you would use that terminology for you when you were female, like some type of body dysphoria or just? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, body dysphoria, I think, was a big reason, like I said, when I would get undressed to go into the shower and I'd look in the mirror and I would just absolutely hate what I saw. Um, it was a huge body dysphoria thing. Um, for me personally, I definitely had more top dysphoria than I had bottom. Um, and it's unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it is something that a lot of therapists and doctors, um, actually need you to be diagnosed with before you can get put on hormone therapy or before you can get top surgery or bottom surgery or kind of anything, um, medically from doctors. Um, and I think it also or if you were to have insurance, um, they actually, I think, have you have to have be diagnosed with um, body dysphoria to get top surgery through your insurance um, for it to be considered um, instead of like a boob job where it's just, um, I can't do the word now. Um, like medically necessary maybe yeah so it is so it's something that is actually medically necessary and not just cosmetic that's what I was thinking wow, wow. um okay. because yeah because I, I, a lot of people complain like I hate that like I have to get all these therapy letters for it to go through insurance and that's that and the other that's the biggest thing is that they have to have a difference between it being seen as a cosmetic thing and like a medically necessary thing and so um for you for you to get those things done you actually have to be diagnosed with bottom dysphoria gotcha or body dysphoria Sure. Well, that, that kind of makes sense. I feel like there are always people that are going to try and jip the system to get a boob job. So I could totally see people coming in being like, well, I don't, you know, right. As much as I hate that there's such a process to do so, there's kind of a fine line between people always trying to jip the system. Um, yeah. So going off of that, someone also asked, which can go on that when you were going through such body dysphoria and unhappiness and before you made this transition, did you go to therapy? Did you address it? Did you like, how did you get that diagnosis? So I personally did not. Um, it kind of depends on you personally, what you think you need. 
um, and then your doctor. Um, so I went through Planned Parenthood to actually get started on hormone replacement therapy. A lot of people don't know that Planned Parenthood does something like that, but they actually, some of them do, not all of them. Um, and Planned Parenthood is one of those places where they believe you don't need a therapy letter to tell you what you need for your body. Um, and so I, I knew that this is what I needed. I knew this is what would be the next steps in my life. And so I personally did not feel like I needed to see a therapist to tell me, yeah, you know what you need, okay, here you go. Um, and so for me personally, no, I did not. Um, I went to the doctor's office, had a doctor's appointment. They did blood work that day. It was fine. They showed me how to get my shot and they gave me my prescription for testosterone that day. Wow. Um, so it was very, very quick turnaround for me. Um, on the other end, there are people, uh, like one of my really good friends who's pretty well known on TikTok, Eli, he did see a therapist and wanted to see a therapist and was very glad he saw a therapist before he started testosterone. And I'm pretty, I think his doctor made him um, have a therapist letter before um, starting testosterone. Um, I did have to get a therapist letter for my top surgery, um, but for insurance reasons, mostly. Um, and the cool thing was the, the therapist that I talked to was actually transgender himself. Um, and so then once we kind of started the first session, he was like, look, I get it. I know you know what you need. And you just literally just need this piece of paper to tell insurance that you need it. Like, and so it was a lot of, I mean, it was we did talk about like top surgery and what it meant and made sure I was mentally ready and like that. And then he's usually like, usually I do two full sessions, but he was like, you just need like a session and a half. And so the second session or the half session, he's like, hey, just go into this mentally. How you feeling? What's going on up there? Like, are you sure you're ready for this and everything? Um, and then after that, he's like, all right, here's your letter. And so that for me, that was the most therapy um, that I had gotten. Um, and then kind of personal, but I was supposed to actually get a hysterectomy done recently, um, but I had a bunch of medical issues. <clears throat> so I wasn't able to, but unfortunately, by the medical field for trans men to get a hysterectomy it's seen as a phase of bottom surgery and you actually have to have two letters from two different therapists saying that you are ready to get even just a hysterectomy um, much less any more steps in that direction wow interesting holy cow okay that is this is how uneducated i am i didn't even <laughs> think about a hysterectomy like duh yeah. wow that's really unfortunate that you have to go through all those steps you would think you know like that's huge reproductive like let's get rid of that and wow that's crazy okay very good um so somebody asked another question i thought this was kind of funny i wanted to ask you uh how do you handle fatigue and keep your patience with explaining yourself over and over and they said to ignorant people <laughs> So I actually get asked this question a lot on my live because I'll go on TikTok live a good bit and I'll have people ask a lot of questions like, don't you get tired of answering the same questions over and over again? And so I kind of have the same answer every time. Um, <clears throat> can I kind of like bring out some statistics? The trans community is less than half a percent of the human race. Known that is out. Um, and that more than 80% of people don't know somebody who's transgender. And so when doing lives or talking to people and things like that, more often than not, I am probably going to be the only first and probably the only trans experience that a lot of people have. Um, and so unfortunately that half less than half percent community 
relies on my shoulders to that one person or those however many people that are in my life who will have a never met somebody at least they don't know of that is trans and will probably never talk to somebody who's trans again and so if i kind of bring in this excuse my french half-ass i don't feel like talking or explaining myself or personality and or or blow up on somebody or cuss somebody out because they may have asked an insensitive question or something like that their whole outlook on the trans community is that one interaction that we just had and so now they hate the whole trans community because of that one interaction they had. If somebody's like, oh yeah, something, something trans community. Oh yeah, I was online with this one trans guy and he was a complete a-hole. Like I'm never gonna talk to the trans person again. And so for me personally, with keeping that in my head, I try to keep my cool as much as I can, even with the most ignorant people that come in and just say the most, and I know they're doing, there are people, there's a difference between somebody asking a, in, like very insensitive, like offensive question and not knowing it, just trying to be educated. And there's between somebody doing that and just being ignorant just to be a, a butthead. Um, and so I try to tell the person who's actually trying to be educated, like, look, what you said was offensive. This is why it was offensive. I'll still probably answer your question, but like next time try to ask it this way or something like that. And then if it's an ignorant person, I'll probably just say some kind of like joke and then just continue on and just ignore them or block them or whatever. Um, but I, I try to keep in my head that like, like I said, I have 3 million followers on TikTok. More often than not, the same 100, 200 people are not going to be the same in my live that I was on Tuesday than was on Thursday. Um, and I think it's very important that I do constantly be okay with educating um, because like I said, that one person that I answered the question 10 minutes ago wasn't in my live 10 minutes ago and they may be answer, asking the same question, but they need the same answer. Um, and so if I ever feel like I'm getting to that point where I'm drained or I'm just not like ready for society at the moment or anything like that, there's sometimes where I just won't go live or I will just delete the social media apps for a little bit. And I actually have all of my social media notifications turned off um, just because it just gives me a break. And I can, if I want to check the notifications, I can go into the app and check them. But if not, I'm not constantly getting them on my phone. Um, and so sometimes I just won't look at the apps for a few days or something like that, or I'll go a few days without going live or anything. Um, when I, if I just feel like I won't be able to give my 100% to people. That's a fantastic way to look at it. Yeah. I, I get burned out on my social. It's just emails all the time. Like, so I do music as well with the, you're not alone. So it's emails all the time, booking, planning, planning these live streams. Doing quite, it's nonstop looking at my phone and it, people don't understand how much work that is. So I can't imagine three, four million followers, <laughs> all that, that my brain might quite literally explode. So I don't know <laughs> how you do that. It also props to you for that outlook. That is fantastic. And that is an amazing way to look at it. Like that's so, such a good way to look at it. Like just this person doesn't know, let me educate them. Um, Cause I would probably lose my patience a little earlier than you would. Um, okay. So let's address, somebody asked a question referring to the CIS community. So let's start out with one, what is CIS? So the C-I-S. So the CIS community, a lot of people say it's like the opposite of the trans community. The CIS community is um, someone who identifies with the gender that they were assigned at birth. Um, so like my mother was assigned female at birth and she identifies herself as a female. So then she would be considered a CIS female. And my father is a uh, assigned male at birth and um considers himself a male um, and i think a lot of confusion is we and a lot of people say well why don't you just say male 
people or no, and I hate the term normal male. I hate that term because in your and <clears throat> saying those terms and you are practically saying that trans is not normal, which is not the case. We are me and my father are both male. We just have an adjective in front of that trans or cis, which is describe which kind of male we are. Um, I don't like the term when responding when a lot of people say, well, look, I'm not a cis woman, I'm just a woman. Well, technically, yes, yes, you are a woman. So are trans women. Trans women are also just women. But when we have to describe what kind of woman we are, one is cis and one is trans. Gotcha. Um, so they said, what is the biggest misconception that you deal with from the cis community? <laughs> There's a few of them, um, bet, depending. That's kind of a um, good question, I feel like. So one of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to the cis straight women's community is that when they date a trans guy, they're not straight anymore. I can't tell you how many videos I've made of me like doing a dance or whatever, or just talking about being transgender or whatever. And then like a, a cis straight white, uh, a cis straight woman will comment and say like, oh, I'm not, I'm not straight anymore. Or you make me question my sexuality. No, no, no. You're still straight because I'm still a guy. Um, I think that's a really big misconception. And a lot of them don't understand why that it's like disrespectful or offensive. And so then I have to feel like with you saying that you're not straight anymore, you're implying that you would be having an attraction to something other than a man and you'd be invalidating me that I'm that I'm a man and that's not the case. Um, most of the time when I say that, they're like, oh no, I completely get it. That's, you're right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Um, some people get upset and try to argue, but I just ignore them. Um, and then I think uh, another misconception is that when there is somebody who is trans that's out in social media or um, visible or educating that we don't want your kids to be trans, but we want your trans kids to be safe. Um, and I think a lot of misconceptions that we're out here trying to make kids change their mind about being cis and make them want to be trans and this and that. And that's not the case. That is not, nobody, nobody wants to be trans. Nobody wants to be hated by society. Nobody wants to be exiled or hate speeched or murdered or anything like that because of who they are. Um, we don't want to turn your kids trans. We don't want to turn, you can't turn people trans. Trans is how you're born. We just want trans kids and trans individuals to be safe. And that's why we educate and we put ourselves out there so much and um, are so visible. And I think that is a, a big misconception with a lot of the cis community is that they think that we have this like alter reason why we're like out and proud about being trans. And I'm just like, no, no, like I don't really care if your child cis or trans, like I just want them to be safe. Like I don't want them to be, like I'm not recruiting them to my community or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> here's my card yeah right like it yeah that's I think that's a big thing I think yeah, yeah I truly think some extremely uneducated we'll use that word think LGBTQ anything in that community I swear they think uh you can catch it you know like if we're around it too much if they touch me too much I might come down with it I might yeah. be gender and you're just like oh it hurts me to hear people discuss things that way yeah I love what you said. So say that one more time because I want to remember that. So you don't want kids to be transgender. I don't want your kids to be trans. I want your trans kids to be safe. 
Ooh, that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> that's good. Oh man, that's really good. I love that. I want to remember that. Um, uh, we got a lot of questions about people asking if you'd gone to a counselor, if you'd uh, seen mental health experts. Um, somebody asked how your mental health has changed. So let's compare it. Let, let's break it down. Let's change it from when you were female at 20 years old and then when you were male, let's say now 27. So your mental health, how do you feel like this transition has helped or has it changed? How would you explain I definitely think a big thing was because I wasn't very confident in myself physically or anything like that pre-T, I think a lot more got to me personally because I wasn't confident in myself. And so if somebody would try to like break me down or like say bad things to me or disrespect me, something like that, I think part of me would be like, would give into it a lot easier than I do now because some of it may have been true. Like you're right, like I don't respect myself or I don't feel good about myself or anything like that but now I, I, I don't that's not the case at all my menta mental mentality about myself has gotten a lot stronger I'm way more confident in myself um so if somebody says something hateful more often than not it's like that's your that's a reflection of you um hating on me and I don't I don't think I let people get to me as much um and <clears throat> just I mean just in, in self happiness like I'm okay with where I am. I'm okay with what I see when I look in the mirror. I'm okay with what I hear when I listen to my voice on some kind of recording or I see myself in a video or anything like that. Like I, I, I like what I see um, and I'm able to give a better me now that I love myself more. Um, whether that's in relationships with family, with friends, with just anything in general, really. Um, and, I, and I think that's a very, one of, my, one of my favorite things mentally and emotionally about my transition is just the like road to self-discovery and self-love and everything is like a, is a huge part of um, my journey. Yeah, absolutely. You can almost, you know, you're talking about people were saying, oh, you thought you were ugly before. Um, looking at your pictures and your videos when you were a female you can see not that i knew you personally when i watched these but you can see the transition like you look happier and you seem so much more self-confident and just you know like this is me you know right. it's like the female videos they were good and you didn't look unhappy but it was more reserved maybe i don't know there's just something about it it's it's apparent that you're more mm -hmm. you're happier yeah i love it um, so somebody asked, which I debated asking you this question, but we'll go ahead and ask it anyway. Somebody asked, what if you change your mind? So you get all these T-shots or you get estrogen, you get years through the process and you're like, I've made a mistake. What happens? Um, so they're actually, it's called detransitioning. Um, and I, and I was actually talking with Eli this, about this today, and I think he brought up the um, numbers and I think he said that only of the half a percent of individuals who are trans, I think also less than half a percent or something even smaller than like that detransition. Um, and and I think there's so much that it, I don't think people think it's a mistake. A lot of the times when somebody transition and they go to detransition, it's not so much like, oh, like this wasn't for me. It's like, okay, if they were male, female to male, like I wasn't a female, but like I really don't consider myself a male either then they'll do transition into like the, the non-binary or um, 
go by they them pronouns and whatnot. Um, and here's my thing is, and I know, I think a lot of the trans community looks down on those people because they think that those people make the trans community look bad. And I don't think that's the case. Those people are completely valid. Sometimes it takes a process to figure out who you are. And if that process is starting your transition and realizing this transition is not for you and then stopping it, so be it, you are 100% valid in how you feel and the process that you take to figure out who you are. Um, and so I don't, I don't necessarily think that those people who do transition make the trans community look bad in the fact that see that person transition and now like they don't want anymore. Now the whole trans community feels that way. No, that's not the case. Um, and so I definitely do think that detransitioning is 100% valid. And like I said, it, it just takes a few people, a few more steps in the process to figure out who they are. And sometimes one of those steps is detransitioning. Yeah. Um, for me, I can barely decide what I want to eat for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> so to decide that I want to change my entire gender and I want to transition, I'm not sure I could ever make that decision. I'd be like, yeah, no, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. I would be so terrified. I'm, I'm an Enneagram six. So everything has to be planned out like to the T and that's not planned out. So I don't know. I don't think I can make that jump. So uh, props to you for being able to do that. That's a huge choice that I can't imagine um, how much thought and everything went into it. So that's fantastic. Um, all right. We got one more question. Knowing what you know now, being through what you've been through, the top surgeries, all of those things you've posted. I think you're on your fifth top surgery, right? It's all of those things, uh, the social media, the feedback, positive and negative. Knowing what you know now, would you go back and do it again? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is very much so a life-saving thing. Um, I could not imagine myself, like my life, if I wouldn't transitioned. I couldn't imagine... I, yeah, honestly, I don't know if I could imagine myself making it this far um, if I wouldn't have started my transition. So, uh, yes, 100% would go back and do it again and again and again. Are and you again. about to cry? Are we about to? No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, that process. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Nope, Thank it's not going to happen. I thought I had you. <laughs> Close. No, no. close, close. I love it. Aiden, it has been fantastic. I, I could talk to you all night. I think <laughs> like, you're so well, actually, there's one thing that I want to, I want to talk about real quick. Um, I think it's like really cool. Um, ish, coolish. Um, and actually a few things. The one thing that, um, in the, I want to say, um, in Poly, like the Polynesian, uh, they actually, see trans individuals kind of not I don't know I don't use the term royalty uh but kind of like higher ups because um they have lived in the female and the male body and aspects of the world and things like that and so they have kind of those things so I always thought that that was like a really cool fact um and being trans and kind of seeing how society treats females compared to how society treats males has just been absolutely mind blowing, but like mind opening. Um, I just, I mean, some of the things that I've, I got done that I've done the exact same thing as a female and like the reactions I got from society was just like negative, bad, this, that, and the other. And I would do it as a male and it was like good and all this. And I'm just like, it's in uh, one specific example was when I was working for my vet clinic. Um, 
I was a shift lead, so it was like an assistant manager. And um, one of my, uh, one of the person that people that worked for me was a, as a woman, and she was explaining something to a guy up front, and he was just getting super aggressive and just super mean. And she's like, look, I'm sorry, we can't do this because A, B, C, and D, like, and gave out the protocols and whatever, whatever. And so, of course, and he was like, well, I want to talk to your manager, da, 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 da. So she comes back and she's like, hey, he wants to talk to a manager. Like, you're kind of like the closest thing. Can you go up and like talk to him? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I walked up there and I was like, well, I asked her and I was like, well, what does he want? And then she was like, well, he wants this. And I was like, well, we can't do that. And she was like, I know I said we can't do it because A, B, C, and D. So I said, okay. So I walked up there and he asked us for the same thing. And I said, well, we can't do that because A, B, C, and D. He was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you are a POS. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you can't imagine uh, the feedback I get as a female as well. Um, somebody told me the other day, uh, I, so I, ha I do speech therapy as well, like part-time in the mornings with adults. Um, and somebody told me that they didn't know why I was at work, that I should be at home. And the only clock I should see is on the oven. Wow. Yes. What? Yeah. It's, you just nod your head and you're like flipping them off in your mind. Yep. You just try to be patient. Try to be patient. Unreal people have that, that outlook. I love mm -hmm. the Polynesian saying that you, I was going to say transgender. I feel like to me, especially after talking to you, I feel like I look up to that community because I couldn't make that decision. That's such a huge, brave, bold decision. You know that you may get tons of negative feedback. And like I said, it's totally selfish, but in the best possible way. Like you're choosing yourself and your love over what people might think or the feedback. Like how brave is that? Some people can't even wear a certain shirt because people make fun of them, right? So I, I agree with that. I feel like y'all have lived and are much, much braver than the majority of the people around. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, that. absolutely. With a thousand percent. <laughs> I can say that. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Like I was, you as well. You're it. I am stoked that our schedules finally worked out. We had a little bit Me of trouble kind of getting together. What time is it there in Florida? It is nine o'clock, nine p.m. Okay, so it's eight o'clock here. So we had a little trouble kind of finding time that would work for both of us. Thank you so much to everybody that tuned in. We had a ton of people. If you'll go back, I wasn't able to keep up with all the comments, but basically everyone wants to date you, man and female. So you're <laughs> going to have a lot of DMs coming in after this. That's in summary what all the comments said. So <laughs> it Love it. pleasure. We'll have to stay in touch. Yeah, it's yeah, we will. Been great getting to know you. You too. All right. I wish you the best. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at townsendtmusic for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. 
They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. If you're looking for the perfect place to relax and unwind after a long day at work, you want to grab a cold drink with a good friend, a good community, Lucky Lose is for you. It's located in Little Rock, Arkansas. It was founded by two friends sharing the same dream. They wanted to make a place where everyone would feel comfortable and accepted, dogs included. They wanted people to feel a little bit like they were back home. So grab a friend, grab a dog, or 12, and head over to Lucky Lose where you can make your own luck.